In these harrowing times, three young women step forth to debunk myths floating around the internet and the world. I'm Nancy, the public health professional. I'm Bess, the librarian. I'm George, the rock scientist. This is The Triple Hoax. Welcome to this week's episode of The Triple Oaks. Thanks for tuning in. The question that we want to answer this week is, why are millennials killing everything? Everything. Those gosh darn millennials. We have a taste for flesh. Oh. Yep. Delicious, <laughs> delicious. <This is> flesh. <laughs> Capitalist flesh. So I guess what I want to start out by trying to do is define what a millennial is. Surprisingly difficult. The Pew Research Center told us officially, right? And yet somehow it seems everyone's a millennial these days. Yeah, that's true. So originally, millennials were like classified as being like in the 1980s, ending in like the mid 90s, late 90s. And they're given that name, right, because they came of age at the change of the millennial. Yeah, the millennium. Right, right. At the change of the millennium. So when 2000 hit, demographers, yes. William Strauss and Neil Howe coined the term or are widely credited as coining the term millennials. And they defined millennials as being born between 1982 and 2004. Whoa, what? That's a big old chunk of time. Yeah, it's That's huge, right? right. <laughs> so... Yeah, so that really, like, I can't really be right. So there is some overlap between Generation X. What's Generation X for our, our listeners? If they sure, don't. sure, sure. Generation X is the generation that was born from the early to mid or 60s to the early 80s. There's no precise dates for Generation X, mm. but it was after the baby boomers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before millennials. Currently, um, the Pew Research Center decided that kind of the rough definition of what a millennial is. So someone who's currently in the year of our Lord, 2018, <laughs> between the ages of 22 and 37, yes. um, born between 1981 and 1996. There are so many different definitions of what a millennial is, though. And I think that is in part because the generation doing the dem demographics don't really know what to do with us as a group. Yeah, they didn't stay hip with the time. Well, yeah, right. that's like the baby boomers tagline. <laughs> we didn't stay hip with the times. <laughs> or we don't know what to do with y'all. Old man yells at cloud. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you guys had this experience, like conjuring up in your mind's eye, what someone in a specific generation looks like to you, like yeah. who in your life represents them, where I realized that whenever I would shit talk baby boomers, I was talking about our parents. Yep. Because yeah. I was confusing them with what is called the silent generation, which right. is grandparents. And so then that's usually who I felt, I felt like I should be talking about. It was not. But it's not them. And also when I think of millennials, like if, if I'm talking about them as a group, I'm actually thinking about Gen Z. Yeah. Because I, I perceive them as being the way younger. that they're complained about and talked about in general. Yeah. I perceive that as people being younger than me, mm -hmm. not so, me. <laughs> right. And so we'll probably talk a little bit more about that later, but like the conflation between Gen X millennials by big boomers and not so much, I think the silent generation just because there's not a ton of them left. And they're not on the internet talking. Sort of a misplaced anger towards anyone youthful, like yes. anyone younger. Yes. Yeah. What struck me in this article when you were saying, what does a millennial look like? Personally, it's like there, I think it was a Jezebel article or it was NPR. I don't remember, but it's like the face of poverty is also changing with millennials. Now that yes. adults, like fully adults, like there are no millennials who are teenagers right now. No, no. I think that's the biggest, maybe one of the biggest influence on like how people view 
millennials. For sure. Um, because I think, yeah, baby boomers still think of us as children. Right, because right. we are their children. Mm -hmm. They just don't, like, they haven't, like, come to terms with us growing up. Since they haven't quite put that together yet. Yeah. The next thing I want to talk about is what industries are being affected by millennials. Like, most of them. And like Marmalade. <laughs> I looked, I, I found, excuse me, we're destroying the marmalade. Who, mar who has eaten, who has eaten marmalade since me? like, oh, okay. It's tasty. I ain't knocking it, but we're killing well, the marmalade but industry. I'm just saying, well, shit. It's not widely eaten. Bess is going to single-handedly save it though. I am. Yeah. Now I am. Now that I know. Heroic. We are also killing the motorcycle industry. Mm-hmm. The, the, the titty bar industry. Oh yeah, I did that. Yeah, those are the three I can think We're, of. The real factor that doesn't get discussed when there are all of these gross think pieces about what industries millennials are killing and how they're ruining American culture is that like the reason that we aren't supporting these industries is because it's like what George said. Overwhelmingly, we're poor. That's true. We're in a lot of debt. We have no liquidity. We have no, no jobs. <laughs> right. We have we don't have jobs. What jobs we do have are grossly underpaid. Mm -hmm. We yeah. have mountains of debt, more student debt than any other generation combined. I had a I had a coworker who said like, Yeah, I'm like ten thousand I don't know, like some ridiculous amount of money in debt from college. And she was like, Yeah, the debt collection agency almost sued me and took me to court. Or my rich fiance who works at Ford, like, you know, bailed me out, gave me eight thousand dollars as a down payment. And I was like, What what? Yeah. Obviously we all can't marry rich Ford engineers. No. 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 There was somewhere where there was like a list. Oh, I know, the survey that we put on our Facebook page. Mm, go take it, listen. Mm. The wine court. <laughs> Call center productivity. The European yeah. Union. <laughs> They did not vote for Brexit. To be fair, no. I don't think the millennials are killing the Europeans. <laughs> They're doing that themselves. Yeah, the Europeans, old, the old Europeans are taking care of that with their um, their Islamophobia and racism. Yeah. Ooh, so do we want to take like, a quick break and maybe play a game really fast? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Their economic okay. anxiety. We're going to play a game called Are Millennials Killing That? Okay. So I'm going to read some, like a list of different things. And I want you guys to tell me whether or not we are viciously murdering something. Gladly. I might just answer yes to all of these because. Just because. Yeah. Sharpen your knives, listeners. Let's do this. <laughs> all right. Chain restaurants. Yes. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Killing them dead. Because we like artisan stuff and actual high quality things and not shitty chain food. Right, right. Yes, that is correct. Uh, okay. We have been accused of killing chain restaurants like Applebee's. I will gladly watch Applebee's die and laugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, yeah. You know what? One time I had a bad experience in a Chili's. They can die. <laughs> <laughs> Fabric softener. Fabric softener? Are we killing fabric softener? I cannot imagine we would be killing fabric softener. Uh, an aside, I don't think we are, but also I'm confused about what it even is. So I'm gonna yeah. say, I'm gonna say no, though. <laughs> we are killing the fabric softener industry. What, what it's my that? lack of knowledge what about because, and uh, here's the reason: we don't know what it is or what it does or why we need to use it, so we don't. Yeah. So what's the point? How about George is investigating further what fabric softener actually is? <laughs> anyway, um, continue, Beth. Cruises. Oh, oh I hope not. I love me a cruise, a carnival cruise. Carnival cruise, please sponsor us. <laughs> uh, I personally have never been on a cruise. So, yes, I will take that free cruise if you give it to me. Hell yeah. Especially if it's a, Nor a Nordic or a Norwegian. I can't cruise. think that we would be killing cruises because they're, they they're so much fun. They look fun. They are fun. Also, if anyone's killing it, baby boomers are because they're the one with the time, the money, and the resources to go on a cruise. Well, and that is exactly what you hit the nail on the head, George, is that we are killing, we've been accused of killing the cruise industry because sure. we don't go on cruises. 
Because we don't have money. On? Yeah, but we don't have money to go on cruises. So, um, are we killing the light yogurt industry? Interesting. No. Well, light yogurt gives you the shits because it's got aspartame in it. So, I would say we are because everyone's hip to that. Nobody wants the shits. <laughs> yeah, we are killing the light yogurt industry. Okay. Bess, are all of these yes? Are we yeah. killing all of these things that you're going to mention? I'd like to jump back fa- fast to the cruise thing. I actually guess I understand because, like, we have a different notion of what travel should be like. And I oh honestly God, yeah. don't want to go to a country and see only the touristy yeah. sanitized places that they right. do on cruises. And I would like to make up my own itinerary and cruises are notoriously rigid. Right. So I would say that that's actually a good reason to kill it besides yeah. having no money is that it's a rigid, like yeah. sanitized way to travel. Right. I mean, in Europe, it doesn't make a difference because, like, everywhere in Europe is basically, like, the same and fine. (laughs) First-hand experience, like, when you go to Mexico and the Caribbean, they purposely take you to sanitize western touristy places. And that's a fascinating fascinating facet of the millennial (laughs) psyche that one of our defining characteristics is we want to experience, like, naturally and, like, raw. Like, we want raw water. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't all raw water. <laughs> don't drink raw water, you'll get the shit. I maybe, you know, I will say in its own way, that's not so great because then you get things like volunteerism and gentrification and like those awful white people who like to beg on the streets of Thailand for their vacation. I mean, this episode is about how people should on millennials, but there there might be a grain of truth to some of I think that's true of any generation because yeah, that's true sure. of any individual. Yeah, for sure. Before yeah. we get too heavy, let's take a quick music break. Girls don't like boys, girls like cars and money. Vacations and shopping sprees. These are a few of her favorite things. She'll get what she wants if she's willing to please. His type of girl always comes with a beat. Listeners, so if any of you didn't know, fabric softener, <laughs> uh, oh, recently called fabric conditioner by some producers for marketing purposes. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> is a chemical compound that is typically applied to laundry during the rinse cycle in a washing machine. In contrast to laundry detergents, oh, whatever. The washing machine puts great mechanical stress on textiles, causing edges to be squashed and frayed, and then that hardens and it like, becomes permanent while you're drying it. So when you add a liquid fabric softener into your washing machine, it um, protects the fabric while it's being all bounced and jostled around. I just want my clothes clean. Yeah. yeah. You know, what else? cut the frills. All right. So now that we know what fabric softener is and probably still won't buy it, um, <laughs> let's talk about growing up as a millennial. Let's talk about why we are so angry and angry. Poor, angry, and depressed. <laughs> Amazing. What a great combo. A triumvirate. Well, based on what I researched, and or things that I know. One of our formative childhood events was 9-11. Really, that's not a great way (laughs) to uh, really move into your young adulthood. Nancy and I were both 11 years old when that happened. Yes. Um, There was a huge recession. Yep. And with the housing bubble in 2008. And we're from Michigan. Mm -hmm. So our economy has been in the shitter and for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. And the uh, the car industry here in Michigan had to be bailed out. Thanks, Engler. Oh, yeah. Also, we had a shitty governor for a really Ugh, long time. Gross. I'm saying the recession was his fault in Michigan. Yeah, that's true. Fuck him. Yeah, it was definitely not our uh, our best friend Jenny Granholm's fault. She no. knew what she could with what she had. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand. We might be on the younger end of the millennial generation, 
but the older end was still only like 18 when mm -hmm. that happened. So how yep. the fuck would we have caused a housing bubble? How can they blame us? Like we were 11 effing years old. Like, no, but that's the thing is that they, I know, I'm just being indignant. I know. Like, and it's so fucked up their mindset, which is that we raised you and we had all these expectations for you yeah. and we did all this shit for you. So you should just tolerate this yeah. and yep. be happy that we did all these things for you. Even though you treated us like shit while you did it. Yeah. And then you're just like, you're the ones that made the poor decisions mm -hmm. and like tanked everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you can't talk about this without talking about the baby boomers because they're our parents and they're also the ones that caused this problem. Yeah. They had a little gener they had a little decade called the 80s mm -hmm. where they decided that all they wanted to do was just be greedy pigs. Yeah. That was the me that was the me decade. Mm -hmm. Greed is good. Like that's when that movie came out. Parody shit. Mm -hmm. And they did all of this and there was no consideration for the future. Everyone knew global warming was happening. Was anything drastic done? No, nothing drastic was done. They create all this stuff. And then this is the typical like old people being mad at younger generation mm -hmm. stuff. But the problem right. is, is that there's a huge, huge gap in viewpoint between millennials and baby boomers. And now we have all these opportunities to talk because of social media and the news and stuff from the dialogue to be much more dysfunctional and hot and heavy between us. Yeah. Right. We have all these modes of communication so that we can clash in more places. Like when they disagree well, with their parents, the silent generation, their parents was, weren't around. It was by letter <laughs> or postcard. A postcard. Or a telegram. Or a, a telegram. <laughs> a phone call. Yeah. If you were lucky, like, well, yeah. And go ahead. Go ahead, Beth. I think that's, that's where you get all of these think pieces from. It's, you yeah. know, baby boomers and gen and older Gen Xers got established in their careers Yes. And now just see millennials as like whiners, whiny usurpers. Well, right. No, they think we're whiny. Like we're entitled to all the both, things they did. But both. It's like we're coming for their jobs. Well, no, we're not because we don't have the experience well, necessary to get hired. That's what they think. No, I they mean, want us to get jobs. That's the thing. But, but they're, that's, they're, but they're, that's, they complain that we're laying around. We do nothing. We're just on the internet and we're whining too well, much. Well, according to this Forbes article I read. Kidding, yes. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. I and it's ironic when they do the complaint about like you're on that social media all the time. I found that baby boomers are on Facebook and share like share posts and shit almost yep. 20% more than any other demographic. Oh, for sure. I mean they love the I, Facebook. I can tell you right now that Generation Z does not use Facebook. Yeah, like, yeah, they're on Snapchat. In my job, when I would try like talk to the teens about like what the library should be posting on Facebook, they were like, <laughs> "We're not on Facebook." Like, yeah. they're on Instagram, they are on Snapchat. Yep. Um, they are on. I don't know. There's a couple other newer ones. They're on Musically. They're on um, uh, Vero. I think is a new and upcoming one. Although that one might not be that. That might just be like a flash in the pan. Isn't that but, the? Isn't that the knockoff Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, weren't they saying that there was some real shady stuff with the CEO of that? Yeah. Company? I mean, I wasn't trying to prove a point. No, 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 no. But, like, that's where teens are. They are not on Facebook. They yeah. don't even have Facebook accounts. And it's because their parents didn't let them get Facebook accounts, and they found other ways to get on social media through their phones, which were less controlled by their parents. Well, going back to what I was saying about, like, that Forbes article and, like, people in jobs... As, like, personally coming from, like, having had an internship and worked really closely, saying my supervisor was a baby boomer, and he would have, like, these weekly things where he would talk to us about stuff, and, like, he dedicated two of those to talking about, like, intergenerational workplace. Oh, I hate that shit. Oh, oh my shit. God. And I'm just kill like, me. Kill me. I'm just like, like, it said so many horrible stereotypes about millennials in it, and I'm just like, okay, well, this is, like, the number one way to not be able to communicate with your younger coworkers. Right. Like, and it's like, I mean, some things are true. Like millennials are very um, merit based, which yeah, no, that's, that's what we, we were conditioned by baby right. boomers. And baby boomers are very hierarchical. Like they only believe in like a system of like who's on top and everything. So like having these sessions where you lecture at us about this is like, so ironic. It's literally the worst thing you could do. Only isolates people. Yeah. I lucked the out. 
that my bosses are Gen Xers, yeah. but their bosses are boomers. Yeah. There's quite the dynamic in our office. It's very fraught, I would say. Well, oh, for sure. One of the things that those intergenerational trainings always talk about is how like millennials need constant praise. That's really frustrating to me because like, I don't know, because then they talk about like participation trophies and shit. Who invented that? Millennials didn't invent that. What the fuck are they talking about? We didn't even want that. Like if anything, I know personally that just made me like not care about any trophy. It didn't mean anything. Trophy, but everybody else did. So what do I care? You would get, uh, we would get participation certificates from playing sports. Mm. Right. Or from um, like field day, you would get a ribbon. But everybody fucking got a ribbon. So so. it didn't mean it. Yeah. But like, I don't know what possessed baby boomer parents to think that this was all good. I know. Oh, tell me. It was because they didn't want anyone to feel left out. But it was also a reaction to said parents freaking out when their kid didn't win. Oh. Yikes. Some projection going well, and on. And also, there. it's interesting because I feel from my perspective that the silent generation were old, like, they're the ones we get the term old, like, get the idea of old school from, like, mm-hmm. almost like borderline neglectful of children. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. You know, like treating well, kids like semi adults and yeah. or ignoring their childhood by neglecting oh, them. Oh, for sure. So baby boomers are just like, we got to parent the shit out of these mm-hmm. kids because we just feel so bad about our own childhoods mm-hmm. being like borderline, like horrible, horrible. Yeah. yeah. I think like thinking back to those trophies and things, like why couldn't they have gone the other way and just be like, okay, well, no, nobody gets a trophy. Like y'all had fun. Like that's great. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just like not something so condescending. But I also think they still were trying to prepare us for real life. But then they should have been like, okay, well, in real life, you don't- the one person who succeeds, that's it. They're the ones who succeed. Like and- in our individualistic culture, and- like, but that's it. On a deeper level, that's a horribly capitalistic. Well, baby boomers <laughs> love capitalism. Oh you know how they love oh their capitalism. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, the whole thing is just, like, messed up because they blame us for us just being a product of their shitty parenting. Mm-hmm. If right. they really, if they don't like some of the things we do, then they should reflect on where they've messed up parenting. <laughs> they like, don't like to think that, though. Role. Also, I'd like to point out that uh, our parents or the previous generation, Gen X, has the highest rate, has the highest divorce rates. Why won't you get married? And you're like, why would I? You all got divorced in our childhoods. We're miserable. I mean, and the flip side of that is it's a positive thing because that means people are leaving, you know, unhealthy or, you know. Right. Fruitless, loveless marriages. Great. But like the societal pressure for you to get married in the first place is what caused this. So like, of course we're going to rebel against that. Of course we're not going to like... Well, also keep to the timeline and marry when we're like twenty six. Well, the other thing is that we're not buying houses. That's another big thing that they complain about. But we're not buying houses because we have so much debt. Our credit scores are yes. like shit. Like we, yeah. and and also we lived through the housing bubble bursting. So I don't think any of us necessarily like feel safe buying yeah. a house. I know, uh, Nancy, you. congratulations but you said that like a question we are bought we bought (laughs) are in the process of buying one thank you yeah but it's scary right i mean it's scary it is i know when i talked to you about it before you were talking about how you didn't know if you ever would and then uh yes i know you guys decided that's what was right for you but at the same time it's kind of like like it is scary to buy a house Right. It's scary it's to even think about. The changing job, like the way the economy works in regards to careers and jobs, mm. the thing that freaks me out the most is that the market and the way jobs work is extremely mobile now. Yes. The idea of picking a house, which mm. is a multi-year commitment and investment, is scary because I'm like, we may have to move so that we can keep working. Mm. Yeah. Like, and that might be where the jobs go. And like, do we really want to put down? Because if you don't stay in, it's still set up so that if you don't stay in a house for like five plus years, you are losing a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you 
have to like this was the way the housing market was set up was by people who were used to working in a company job for mm -hmm. 30 years and living Basically, in the same town the for gi 30 years. the gi bill the gi right. exactly the boomers just continue to use the system that oh, the silent God. generation set up yeah. and now they're like why are you uprooting this and we're like why did you fuck up the economy it doesn't exist anymore yeah Tishin, and they had the wealth to start creating the idea that everyone should have a college education which Ooh. completely upended the economy yeah. the way the economy works yeah may i may i suggest a game absolutely yes. How about melodramatic readings? Excellent. Perfect. Shout out to IDLT. Notice a senpai. If it's all right with y'all, I'll go first. Absolutely. Uh, sure. So I found this article. It's on this place called Inc.com. Of course it is. So it's a corporate, obvious yeah. publication. Um, and uh, so this isn't part of the dramatic reading, but this the title of the article is the terrible truth about hating millennials that no one wants to admit. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dive right in because it's great. It. And seeing the constant headlines describing the conflict between Gen Xers and millennials made me curious about why this conflict feels so important. Another useful psychological concept is envy. The psychodynamic thinker, <laughs> Melanie Klein. Believed envy is the feeling of anger you have when you see someone with something desirable. So, what is the most valuable and desirable thing that millennials have that Gen Xers don't? Time. <laughs> the reality mm. of debt creeping into their lives is at an all-time high. They are witnessing their parents and others of that generation pass away, while at the same time seeing younger people attempt to override them in the marketplace. Personally and professionally, Gen Xers are sandwiched between the youth that they no longer have and the death that they fear. And see. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Right. I have a great melodramatic reading for you guys. I remember when this issue of Time Magazine came out in 2013. The issue was called The Me, Me, Me Generation, and that's the title of this article by Joel Stein. <clears throat> I am about to do what old people have done throughout history. Call those younger than me lazy, entitled, selfish, and shallow. But I have studies. I have statistics. I have quotes from respected academics. Unlike my parents, my grandparents, and my great-grandparents, I have truth. Uh, Here's the cold, hard data. The incidence of narcissistic personality disorder is nearly three times as high for people in their 20s as for the generation that's now 65 or older, according to the National Institute of Health. 58% more college students scored higher on a narcissism scale in 2009 than in 1982. Millennials got so many participation trophies growing up that a recent study showed that 40% believe they should be promoted every two years, regardless of performance. They are fame-obsessed. Three times as many middle school girls who, by the way, right in 2013... Not millennials. Not millennials. Anyway, Not that was just an opinion, middle school girls. Yeah, we will fight you in the street. You. We'll fight you in the street. Three times as many middle school girls want to grow up to be a personal assistant to a famous person as want to be a senator, according to a 2007 survey. Yeah, Four times as many yeah. would pick the assistant job over CEO of a major corporation. That's They're what so I would have said when I was in middle school also. <laughs> They're so convinced of their own greatness that the National Study of Youth and Religion found the guiding morality of 60% of millennials in any situation is that they'll just be able to feel what's right. Their development is stunted. <laughs> this is like, this is the part that pissed me off, listeners. Okay. <clears throat> their development is stunted. More people ages 18 to 29 live with their parents than with a spouse, according to a 2012 Clark University poll of emerging adults. Actually, they are lazy. In 1992, the nonprofit Families and Work Institute reported that 80% of people under 23 wanted to have one day have a job with great responsibility. 10 years later, only 60% did. Actually, fuck yourself. <laughs> this author, the cojones uh, on this one. 
Yeah. Um. Listen, we also live with our parents because we don't have any money. Like every, you know, earlier George, when you were like, my manager is a baby boomer. I'm like, yeah, yeah they all are. Yeah. They're not retiring and, and because the economy is fucked yeah. up, and they know it's fucked up, so they so don't, don't want to retire. Yeah. So well, we're not taking any of their jobs. The, the icing on that shit cake is that the manager that I, the supervisor was talking about, it was for a government internship. <laughs> and not, not naming names, but he literally was telling us about how people will park themselves at a job for 40 years and literally not move up, not move sideways because they're waiting for that pension. But that was the old school way to do it. I know. But boomers but are like, we have the foot. To do it. They're still trying to do it the old school way. So they're not yeah. retiring. And so, of course, we don't have jobs. Yeah. You can't the economy. You're staying in your jobs. So we have to come live with you. So you either need to fucking retire so we can move out of your basement, or this is just what you're going to have to live with. This is just. Yep. Also, I'd like to point out at this point that the reason we're not getting married also is because. Women now work outside the home and make money and yeah. have careers and go to college. Mm -hmm. And more of them go to college than men do. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah, we don't need to be hooked up to a hobby to make our lives happen. So we're not going to get married. That's not why we get married anymore. We get married because we care about For someone. Love. So, yeah, listeners, literally something that my father said, not to me, but to my husband, actually, was that women only go to college to find husbands. I did not meet my husband Wait, what did he say? <laughs> he said that women only go to college to find husbands. Oh my god. Oh my god, fuck that. Like the old joke listeners, like going for their MRS or whatever. Yeah. Listeners, listeners, I have a master's degree. Booyah! I did not go to college to meet um, my husband. It just so happened. Like if you are of the heterosexual persuasion and you're a woman who goes to college. There are less men in college than there are <laughs> women. Like, that's not yeah. the place. Only lesbians are getting ahead. Lesbians and bisexuals are getting ahead by going. Good job. Really. You go, ladies. Get them. Get those other ladies. Oh. Get those other educators. But not in, like, a weird, like, hunting way. Just no. <laughs> Please don't. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is a little uh, article I found on Forbes. <laughs> great fountain of generational knowledge. Mm. Um, and the title of the article is Understanding How Millennials Respond to Your Marketing Efforts. <laughs> okay, and this little paragraph jumped out at me. The Generation X. Notice they started by calling it the Generation X instead of Generation, Generation X. X. <laughs> the Generation X is characterized by its strong work oh ethic, sound decision making, and stability. Okay. Those qualities made marketing to Gen Xers easy. Millennials, on the other hand, have left marketers wondering how to grab the attention of a population that has their heads stuck in their electronic devices. God. What seems to be a social faux pas is actually an asset in marketing. I've learned that the key to marketing to millennials is learning more about how they think and respond to ads. Am I right, folks? Oh my god. Anyway. The person who read this is the dumbest per or wrote this is the dumbest <laughs> Alive. Millennials started using technology the minute they could walk and talk. Yeah, no, that's not quite true, actually. Yeah, that is Gen. That's Gen Z. Yeah, Millennials yeah. grew up with the advent of the internet, and technology changed so rapidly that we are natives to technology, but we aren't like immersed. Like we were not immersed in it from our, you know, every waking breath. That was a great melodramatic reading guys it was beautiful participation ribbons all around yeah let's uh let's take a quick music break and when we come back we can talk some more about you know the emotional burden of being a millennial yeah Woo! what's up boys so what do you guys want to do today dude you want to crush them all nice <laughs> okay It's all been done before And if you could only let it be You would see I like 
you enjoyed that sweet music break we're playing all of the hits from uh the millennial generation and uh yeah, you know it's right. beautiful and we love it don't add us yeah <laughs> please don't add us no but please add us yeah we love you guys <laughs> all right so something about the emotional burden of being a millennial yeah, let's talk about that because I think that it's something that baby boomers and Generation X don't understand. No. Um, so I think there's a lot of undue stress and pressure put on millennials because of the fact that we're such a chat upon group. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think you hit on it earlier too that um, our we had so many expectations placed upon us mm -hmm. that now that we're like being shit on for not meeting those expectations, even though they weren't really our fault is part of that stress. For sure. Yeah. And the fact that like all of the system, like it's projected that all of the systems that everybody grew up telling us to like rely on in the future are mm -hmm. probably like the planet's not going to be the way it's supposed to be when we're old. The, the justice system. The justice system. Social um, security is not going to exist. Security. Yeah, like all sorts of like safe social safety nets and like safety nets and the planet and in general will not be the same or any good by the time we're old is a really disheartening yeah. thought. Yeah. Also yeah. I feel like the feeling that at every turn our the parent our parent generation is trying to thwart us. Yeah. And also that a lot of times Gen Xers are not on our side. Yeah. Because right. they just Being think that they're help. they're just like so much better than us because they didn't grow up with technology the entire time they were children. I I mean it, it definitely breeds a healthy streak of nihilism and <laughs> Um, in millennials, which yeah, I think so. Bad. I mean, that's part of the whole like not understanding absurdist and like nihilistic humor, like the whole yeah. eating side pods thing. Memes, memes, memes. Yes. Um, this Pew Research thing makes an interesting point where um, the past five decades—that's what they're referring to. It's a period during which Americans, especially millennials, have become more detached from major institutions such as. Political parties, yep. religion, yep. the military, yep. and marriage. Yep. At the same time, the racial and ethnic makeup of the country has changed. College achievement yep. has spiked, and women have greatly increased their participation in the nation's workforce. So, like, I want to, like, I think it's interesting because I think there is a lot of emotional burden or, or heaviness when you can't, you don't feel connection to a major institution. Mm. I think that is hard. Like, I think... Not everyone needs to always be in an in-group. I don't think that's like a mandatory thing for right. existing. Mm -hmm. But it would be nice yeah. to feel like you could trust something that mm -hmm. a large group of people put a lot of stock in. Or even something you grew up in mm -hmm. and now right. have trust for. Mm -hmm. Like, I can just rattle it off. So I have no trust for political parties nope. since the last election. Uh, I haven't had trust in the Catholic Church since like 2008. Because of yep. all the molestation stuff. I have no trust in the military since 9-11. Because we went to a, in a war that had fake cause. And oh, now drones are killing people yeah. all around the globe. Don't trust the government in general because the NSA. Yeah, the people. Well, yeah. Also, we know that they're hiding aliens from us. But anyway. Oh, right, right. Of course, also of that. Course. Also Guantanamo Bay, anyone? Yeah. yeah. And then marriage, I guess I've really felt like finding feminism and like intersectional mm -hmm. feminism, which I'm sure is more common for women now that we're more educated. Mm -hmm. uh, that's debatable. Well, but, but I know, overall, I know, I, like if you compared us to the I'm silent kidding. generation or the older baby boomers, I, we're way different in our perspective I'm, of marriage because of feminism i'm just kidding talking about like 
white feminists. That's true. Like, I got you. We got you. There's a lot of baby boomers and Gen Xers who are real oh, big fans God. of white feminism. Glorious Like, I would say I'm skeptical of certain aspects of marriage. I mean, I'm obviously still married. So, mm. like, but I have a different viewpoint of it. And I can only imagine that it's even harder for other millennials whose parents got divorced. Right. Um, you know, we, more we, likely. The, the three of us come from uh, families where we weren't. our parents were not divorced. So maybe there was a slight backlash with like how many divorces were happening where there are people who did stay together because someone yeah. was getting divorced. So that's another like microcosm of. I feel like. You on that i really that hits pretty close to home <laughs> mm-hmm. i would just say that that leads to a huge emotional burden because if there's not like at least one institution that you can say like hey in the national conversation mm-hmm. this institution might do the right thing mm-hmm. like if you don't even have that then you're just well, you feel like you're not attached to I, the national conversation i would say that i still believe mm-hmm. in the power of our government yeah, I such, sort of. Such as it is, and that it's still redeemable and it's still savable. Obviously, I have no trust and no. I actually appreciate for who is operating our government. At the I actually appreciate the bureaucracy of the government because mm-hmm. it's the only thing that's keeping us from going off the rails. Yeah. Like, if the actual yeah. elected politicians mm-hmm. were the only thing, then we'd be so fucked. You know, also, another important thing I have no faith in uh colleges yeah university bleeding us dry they're like fucking vampires like and they're not to use hyperbole or anything yeah but but they're also covering up molesters and not firing them and they're letting they're letting racists come on campus and spew hate yes there we can't looking at you you of them and msu Mm -hmm. we i think that's a huge emotional burden is the idea that like we like we we were raised also with really idealized childhoods. Like mm-hmm. they always cite how millennials grew up with like Sesame Street and mm. the messages of you can be whatever you want to be and participate and participating yeah. trophies. Yeah. And then we get here and we're like, all of these institutions garbage. And our parents yeah. are not they're not like they were holding us to some sort of higher view of the world than actually exists. I almost would have preferred to have a Gen X childhood where everything was shitty. The parent, our parents, basically their parents basically just had an understanding with them. And like, they, they like were never supervised and they watched grown up TV. Like I almost would have preferred that. Cause at least we kind of had that childhood though. No, we had a lot of Sesame Street, yeah, PBS. Yeah. Well, you can be whatever you want to be. Come on, and Zoom, come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a boomafoo. Aww. It's a crap party. While walking in the woods one day, Chris and Martin saw something strange. A little thing leader who liked to bounce and play. Well, anyway, back to uh, back to the whole religion thing. Uh, who else saw that Hannibal Buress got kicked off the stage at Loyola University? Yeah, I was so excited. Because he was like, I heard y'all, oh my god, I can't even say it, but he was like, I heard y'all fuck children. Yeah. <laughs> On stage. Ooh. Because the they, they sent him a censorship email. Yeah. They told him he couldn't say certain things. Mm-hmm. And comedians, like, yeah. fuck that. And like, he was just like, that's some bullshit. Because, like, you, your priest molested children. And you didn't do anything about it. Good times. Um, no, I was going to say that, like, you know, I think, I think a lot of um, emotional burden also ends up being that, like, grew up. Um, we talked a little bit about how we grew up when technology was advancing so rapidly. Yes. Um, and that, like, there have been recent studies showing that that really has led to a lot of, um, like, nostalgia in our generation yeah. for mm-hmm. our childhoods, which were, quote, unquote, a simpler time, mm-hmm. even when they weren't that long ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think that can also be kind of heavy and hard to deal with because, like, yeah. We know that that will never like be how things are again, and we've sort of idealized it. Yeah, it's just weird because it happened so quickly. Yeah, that's why they're rebooting everything. That's what I was just gonna say. They're rebooting all these old '90s TV shows. We want them. Yeah, exactly. We want guys. They're rebooting Charmed, and I'm really excited about it. Anyway, they're gonna do a gritty Sabrina the Teenage Witch reboot. 
I'm excited about that as well. I, I do have, I have high mixed, hopes. For I have it. mixed feelings, but you know, I'm gonna reserve. Well, it's gonna be based more on the comics. That's cool. Like the comics are like the Archie universe comics. I have some of those. I have some antique copies of the old Sabrina the Teenage Witch comic books. They're pretty great. I was also gonna throw in there that we were all so heavily monitored. Like, so when I was talking about parenting of us compared to like Gen X. Oh, we had helicopter parents. We oh, had yeah. helicopter parents about school, but also just the very fact that we had cell phones. Oh, Like yeah. our parents could try to keep Technology. track of us at all times. Yeah. And they did. And they did. And like, like yeah. monitoring my te- my computer time. I wasn't allowed to have a Facebook until I was in college. I will freely admit this. <laughs> Granted though, I Facebook. Didn't have I didn't have a Facebook until I was 16. Facebook wasn't really a big thing. I remember I got a Facebook at the end of maybe like the end of my high school, the middle. Um, But it was because you still had to have, you had to have a university email address, like a college email address to get a Facebook. Right. Because it was still part of the original like Harvard. Also, I would say that maybe that's a good thing because back then they had even less like community rules and like, safeguards in place to protect like minors and like stuff like that yeah but i digress it was like i mean it was the wild west the internet was yeah Yeah. it still is arguably but it was worse yeah and it was funny because they were like all worried like oh you're gonna meet a a pedophile a predator on the internet and like catch a predator we just met like friends yeah like they underestimated our ability to understand what was going on on the yeah. internet and how it's like right. life and stuff. And here we are, listeners, running a podcast on the internet. on the internet. Oh, I saw that on Tumblr. It was like a, someone was like, "Video may have killed the radio star, but podcasts are getting the revenge." <laughs> Let's take a quick music break, and then when we come back, um, we can play another quick game before we uh absolutely get down to brass tacks yeah Okay, well, this is a seri- more serious one because it's been plaguing me for a while, but I hope that millennials will kill batteries. Ooh. Okay. Okay. That's legit. That's legit. Batteries are killing the earth quicker because of mining practices, and it's... It's uh, probably killing a fair amount of people with those mining say, practices. Yeah, it's gonna, it has a horrible human cost. And it's super... Um, it's super dangerous to have it in like landfills and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and people don't dispose of batteries correctly. I can see that. I would be on board with that. <laughs> you want to kill some batteries guys. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, what industry would you kill Nancy? Oh my goodness. Where to begin? I know there's so many. I would love to kill golf courses. Yeah. yeah get rid of those. Or just like, suburban landscaping in general yeah like get rid of that shit yes um let's see what would would i kill i have so many i would kill i think the thing that i want to see us kill next is okay i know we kind of talked about it no but that's fine go Go for it. it so i just really want to kill like shitty chain restaurants like all of them like, yeah applebee's and chilies but like cooters we're also killing apparently and i'm totally down for that like 
Yeah, me too. Get rid of them and then replace them with delicious local restaurants. And I will go there. Yeah. Stop feeding also us cheap. Stop feeding us garbage. Mm-hmm. Like we want to eat healthy food. Mm-hmm. What's oh, something I know. <laughs> well, this is more I think Nancy would say this, but I thought of it, so I'll I'll pitch it to you. Um, millennials are killing the maxi dress. Please kill oh, get rid of it. I Listen, like maxi dresses, person. Okay, but George, how tall are you? I know. I'm five. only Angelina Jolie and people with height such as yours I'm can wear maxi dresses. Yeah, George, you can wear pretty much anything and look stunning because you are tall and gorgeous like a beautiful wildflower. <laughs> Unfortunately, the rest I, of us are not so fortunate. You know, I'm four I'm, foot ten. <laughs> There are there are there have been crimes against humanity committed with maxi dresses. Like, yeah, mm. we can kill a maxi dress. I'm cool with that. Like, I can't wear them anyway because they just puddle at my feet and make me look like a small child wearing her parents' clothing. Yeah, so. I don't want that either for anyone. Mm. You know what? I I really love to kill. Um, Cable TV. Oh yeah, let's get the rid of that. Quality of cable TV. Yeah. I don't know. Also, I hate commercials. If there's a way we could get rid of that, yeah. I would really prefer it. I don't. I mean, I think that's why so many millennials have quote unquote cut the cord and like just go to multiple streaming services for their right. home. Um. So, not not necessarily another thing that I want to kill, but definitely something that I want to nurture is Generation Z. And yeah. at this point, pretty much, I will do anything in my power to help them do what they need to do. Yes. Because they are killing it. killing it. Yeah. Like, literally, if, yeah, you know, if you're in Generation Z and you want to, like, help me figure out, like, tell me what you need me to do, I'll do up. it. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I think, I mean, not to go too much into a side into, like, very serious issues but um like the kids protesting the shooting yeah the the parkland uh students definitely brought home the fact that gen z is like they're out there they're gonna do it doing their thing i mean i guess the other thing is that like i think if anything that brings it home to millennials that we are millennials yeah because we can't deny anymore that people younger than us are, are in a different generation. Because when you say, think we about it- I were adults anymore. <laughs> right. Because yeah, when you think true. about it, like uh, Columbine happened when we were kids. Yeah. And a lot of other horrific mass shootings have happened since then. And yeah, we haven't been given the tools to do anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so help them. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I will help them in any way I can. My first, mass shooting that I learned about as a kid was um uh Virginia Tech oh really yeah I was was interesting fifth grade sixth grade because um I think Nancy and I were in uh fifth grade or no we were in uh fourth or third grade when Columbine we were young yeah yeah we were in like third Um, or fourth grade hear about it because people sheltered me Mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. The first one that really freaked me out that I have a definite remembrance of is the Aurora one. Oh yeah. yeah. That one really scared me. Yeah. I do remember Virginia Tech because I was in high school Mm -hmm. and I do remember that and being like the one that made me the angriest was probably well this one's made me pretty mad. I'm mad about all of them. But the work yeah. Sandy Hook really made me angry, mm-hmm. especially since it was little babies, mm-hmm. like little children. Well, we digress. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but this is like the reality of no, being a yeah. millennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and we like, felt powerless to do anything because we still felt like kids. Kids. Especially since it's been this vicious cycle of because the economy and the way things that are haven't mm-hmm. fostered us feeling like adults it's really difficult because it's a vicious circle where we aren't allowed to live like adults and it fosters interdependence where Mm -hmm. now people are infantilizing us and it goes around and around so feeling powerless to change like adult problems quote unquote is really real like you know yeah you can make fun of millennials all you want for not knowing how to do their taxes but you also never told them how right exactly 
How about a music break? Gonna make it bend and break. Say a prayer, but let the good times roll. In case God doesn't show. And I want these words to make things right, but it's the wrongs that make the words come to life. But who does he think he is? Welcome back, listeners. We missed you. We are now going to ask ourselves, did we answer our question? Did we figure out why millennials are killing everything? Eternal question. Yeah, I think we, at the very least, covered all of our bases of another like broad topic, just like our last episode was pretty broad. Yeah. Broad. Yeah. And then some. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about like, how we don't have jobs and we have a shit ton of debt and how we don't care about specific industries because we're like one we didn't really talk about, but like is one that we don't care about for like social reasons is like diamonds. I was just going to say diamonds. We don't want your blood diamonds. um, We're not getting married either. So we don't, where, where, where else are we going to get a diamond? Right. I mean, like the other thing is that like, okay, my birthday's in April. So a diamond is my birthstone, but like diamonds are also the most boring. Like I don't want a diamond. I was just going to segue into, that's a great segue into the point I was going to make real quick was that we have an interest in being unique. Mm. Part of what the internet fosters is your ability to find your niche with people, like create tiny communities of specific interests. And we really value like, oh, you can go find this unique retro shit somewhere on the internet yeah. and be your own cool well, unique self and, and diamonds are a part of everybody the machine the machine like well the man i think that's mm-hmm, also yeah. what i was referring to like with um vacations and stuff yeah exactly People want a unique personalized vacation yes All so the- yeah i mean i'm pretty satisfied i think we answered this question pretty well yeah um, but if you have any ideas about why millennials are killing everything, send us an email or something. Let us know what you think. That would be awesome. We would love to hear from other fellow millennials who... Please commiserate. Generation Z, you're more than welcome. Mm-hmm. Yes. We want to learn. We will chill with you. Uh-huh. All right. Let's move into some recommendations. Some recommendations. So, do you guys have recommendations for anything cool or pertinent to this um, episode? How about you go first, mm-hmm. Bess? <laughs> I I have one. Okay. If you don't have one, Bess, go for it. Okay. Um. So I was thinking about um, trashing and burning and killing of certain industries is due to millennials becoming more aware of um our colonization and um Mm -hmm. people maybe consciously or unconsciously are trying to decolonize a lot of our lives and like what we've done to the rest of the world and stuff which is an admirable goal and i hope we keep up with it um but if you want to know listeners more about the history of the united states colonizing things i think the most dramatic and close to home and awful stories besides of course native americans in general <laughs> in the continental u.s um is the takeover of hawaii oh yeah which is very intense and like crazy to read about um but there's a great book i, I had to read in school it's called hawaii I- hawaii islands under the influence and it's by noel j kent um and it just goes about it just talks about the history of hawaii from the first um polynesian um explorer sailors um who found the islands and and uh settled there and then um what's his name that dumb that dumb asshole captain cook thank you who got himself stabbed Mm -hmm. Uh, captain cook (laughs) and the sugar plantations and the pineapple barons and all of that and how we literally just annexed Hawaii. They had a perfectly functioning government. We had no business being there. Anyway, I digress. Um, but check it out. Hawaii Islands Under the Influence by Noel J. Um, so, 
Yeah, super cool. So I would suggest if you've never seen the movie The Social Network, <laughs> you should watch <laughs> it. Yeah. Because it's a good movie, but also because it gives you a great idea about like more or less the a good idea about like what it was like when they founded Facebook and stuff. Listeners, if you want a fanfic rec- recommendation, <laughs> yeah, I'll let you in on a little secret. <laughs> um, watch the Social Network. Um, check out anything related to the housing bubble. Um, so I know I have a couple of book recommendations that I can put on our Facebook that are not coming to me right now, but definitely look into what caused the housing bubble because that really, I think, lays Mm. some, some of the, um, guilt at the feet of the right people. And, and, um, I think also watching the movie, the big short is also Mm, a good idea because it's very well done. And it also explains like how the housing bubble happened. Um, so that all, both those things don't really give you a flavor for like, you know, the beginning of two very important things to millennials, like young adulthood. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So I have a couple of book recommendations. The first one is, um, the book Buffering by Hannah Hart. It's a memoir and it's about her growing up as a millennial and like starting to do YouTube videos um, if you don't know who Hannah Hart is, I feel bad for you, but also to go check out My Drunk Kitchen because that's who Hannah Hart is, and she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, she is. Mm-hmm. The other um, book I want to recommend is um, Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me and Other Concerns by Mindy Kaling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's written a couple memoirs, but I really, really love Is, Anyone, is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me just because she's super super relatable um the other one so the other book that i'm going to recommend is don't worry it gets worse by alita nugent aka the frenemy oh it's Um, good listeners you gotta read it it's so good super 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 good she has a newer book out called you don't have to like me which is also great um the frenemy is a retired blog now but um alita nugent is super great and we really love her um her blog was like a lifeline to me mm. starting in like 2010. Yes. Like she is also a millennial and she's super funny and she just gets it. So don't worry. It gets worse. Uh, one twenty somethings mostly failed attempts at adulthood is the one that I'm going to recommend, but you should probably read both her books because they're great. And go look at the front of me, tumblr.com, <laughs> even though it's archived because it's awesome. Yes. It's actually, uh, you can also find it at yourworstbestfriend.com. Oh, nice. Go play Oregon Trail, listeners. <laughs> Go on right? the, Wayback, the Wayback Internet Machine. Is that what it's called? The Wayback, the Wayback Machine. And fucking play some Oregon Trail, <laughs> because that shit was childhood right there. Yeah, man. Dying of cholera after a month. Ooh, or any of the Backstreet Boys dying of dysentery because mm-hmm. I always named my party after the Backstreet Boys. Oh my god! Respect. <laughs> or where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh my god, that was my jam as a child. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Steal their soul in South Korea, maybe let it come right off the season. San Diego Inc. Oh my Ooh. god. Um. That's another, I guess, another fun throwback wreck. It's pretty fun, actually. And it's where in the world is Carmen in San Diego, but for your phone. You can play. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you um, had a good, enjoyed this episode. We certainly enjoyed getting to rant about this. Um, if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we are the Triple Hopes Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the Triple Hopes. We're on Tumblr at the Triple Hopes. If you like it, you could email us. We would really enjoy that. Um, you can email us at the triple hoax at gmail.com. Um, rate and review us on iTunes. Mm. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Tell us your favorite Avril Lavigne song. Yes, please do. I guess that's it. So this is the triple hoax uh, signing off. Thanks. Thanks again. We love you. Bye. Bye. Listen. And if you play this episode backwards, it's just us saying eat the rich over and over again. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, (laughs) Just so everyone knows what to be looking for.
golf, paper napkins, Applebee's, homeownership, Hooters, breakfast cereal, diamonds, bar soap, Sears, Fuck them. Home Depot, Fuck them. fabric softeners, Fuck them. designer clothes, <laughs> marriage, Fuck them. J. Crew, Fuck them. gambling, suits, oh. sitcoms, Thank God. patriotism, <laughs> oil, football. Yep. Yeah. Chill out what you're yelling for. Lay back. back. It's all been done before. It's going in the blue. You only let it be. And you would see when (laughs) we're driving in your car. And you're talking to me. What I'm worth. What? Avril Lavigne's dead. It's her dog. No! We're telling me a fact. I was really like, no! Okay. Anyway, um... Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly. Sugar, baby. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly. Such a sexy, sexy, pretty little thing This April bitch, you got me sprung with your tongue ring And I ain't gonna lie, cause your loving gets me high So to keep you by my side, there's nothing that I won't try Butterflies in her eyes and her looks to kill Time is passing, I'm asking, could this be real? Cause I can't sleep, I can't hold still The only thing I really know is she got sex appeal I can